Welcome to this week's Practical Magic Podcast. Well, I welcome the wonderful Tamu Thomas, who is the founder of 360, a brand she created for women in their late 30s and 40s that want to simplify life and create space for everyday joy. We're going to talk about why Tamu came to this idea of really helping women in their 30s and 40s and stripping back these internalized beliefs which relate self-worth to being overloaded and that our output sometimes measures our value. This is like the outdated paradigm that we're living in. Listen to the podcast. It's a really great conversation. We're going to talk about all about this and how we can learn to accept and love ourselves in our full shades from light to dark, the entire 360. I have got a wonderful guest for you. I'm welcoming onto the show the lovely Temu Thomas. Tamu, can you give us an introduction to the wonderful Practical Magic listeners and give us a backstory about why you do what you do and how this all came to be, this wonderful curation of work that you do? Wow. Well, firstly, I'd like to say thank you very, very much for having me in your magical space. I really am looking forward to this conversation and I love your podcasts and your um, social media content. So I'm really feeling quite honoured to be here. So thank you very much. Um, I am the founder of a lifestyle brand called 360. Lots of people refer to it as Live360 because those are my social media handles and I'm, I'm very happy with that. Um, and the 360 brand is aimed at, but not solely for, women in their late 30s and 40s who are becoming more reflective, more curious about what it is that they actually want and are looking for something that will support them to integrate wellness in a really practical sense in their day-to-day lives. And I do that with a capsule collection of clothing, um, which is designed to simplify your day and give you time to do things that will allow you to begin your day feeling really grounded and like you own the day. Um, I have a podcast where I have conversations with women within that bracket. And we have what I think are really powerful conversations about our lives as they are now, owning ourselves, the steps we've taken to get to where we're getting to or where we are, not even where we are, the steps that we're taking to assist us in progressing on our respective journeys. And um, I have wellness experiences um, where I've started with having retreats and I'll be doing some other things moving forward where I am creating and holding space for women to not just slow down, actually stop and come into the room being themselves and accessing physical and emotional services, I guess, that will support them in having the opportunity to really explore what is driving them and to develop tools that they can then take from these experiences and apply them to their real lives immediately without feeling like, oh my goodness, I've got another thing on the to-do list and now I'm crap because I'm not doing my self-care. Oh God, and I hear you on that because I have, you know, obviously I work with clients one-to-one and so often it can be the the concern that it's another thing to do. Oh, this self-care thing is another thing to do. Another thing. I want clients like, I've got to remember, I've got it on my to-do list to learn how to breathe. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not about adding more in. This is like you say about simplifying, about coming to a space which is 
about you and being where you are. And we have, when I'm really reflecting and listening on what you're saying, because particularly Gen X women, women who are born in the 70s and 80s, are who are in their late 30s, early 40s now, have been giving so much away to other people for so long. And you talk about the fact that you know, we come from a place when you're born in that generation where value is measured by your output. So, and it's, we're still in that shadow, aren't we? Or we're still in that phase of everything being about, if I do more, then it means I'm more validated. If I give it away to, if I do everything for my kids, it means that they're going to be happier. If I do more at work, it means that I'm going to get more reward out of that. And it's a really interesting dynamic and a psychological thing and an emotional thing that that happens for us, isn't it? And I think with people like yourself and the work that I'm doing and so many of us trying to get more conscious around this to open that space for other women to go, well, hang on a minute, let's just stop, pause, breathe. Come back into yourself. What is it that you need for you? Can you explain a bit more about your 360 approach, i.e. where the name came from and how you help people to do that? Well, the name 360 became my assignment. So my background is um, I um, was a child protection social worker. I worked for local authorities for the vast majority of my career. And then I became an independent social worker because I could no longer tolerate the gruelling, unrelenting schedule of working for an organisation which is overstretched, overstressed and all the overs and overs. And uh, my truth is that I got to a point where I started to experience anxiety and it culminated one day with me having what I now know is a panic attack um, and realising that I'd had something similar to this before so it was all building up to the same thing. And when that the panic attack happened, I thought, this is screaming something at me. I need to go and get this checked out. And um, in having a conversation and using these online tools and being told that at that moment in time, I was experiencing um, depression, I wasn't saddened. I was, in fact, relieved because I had a name for the experience I was experiencing and I could therefore move on, move forward and do something about it. I um, delved deeply into the world of personal development and I would have had therapy at that time, but NHS waiting lists are super long. Um, when I was finally seen by somebody, they were trying to offer me cognitive behavioural therapy and I was very clear that that's not what I wanted. I didn't think it would be helpful because I didn't need strategies that would enable me to live my life day to day. I needed I needed to have the opportunity to explore what was driving my thoughts that were all very doom, negative. My inner critic was wildly out of control. Um, and because I'd gone independent and reduced my workload, I literally just couldn't afford to have ongoing therapy. So I delved really deeply into personal development. And um, I've always d dived in and out, but I've never really owned it in the way that I did during that time, because I got to a point where I really, really needed to. And I read a book called 
I forgot what it's called, The Shadow Something by Debbie Ford, Deepak Chopra and Marianne Williamson, where they were talking about your shadow self and talking about when you don't address, explore and embrace your shadows, they run havoc in your subconscious and drive your day to day movements. And I was like, aha, I should know this because I used to work side by side with psychologists and psychiatrists and whatnot. But um, that appreciation of the things that I would usually distance myself from or try to hide from or try to pretend didn't exist was a very freeing experience for me. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I wasn't sitting on the edge of my life. I felt like I was fully in the center. And I literally was doing a guided meditation and I felt very strongly that I was in the center, literally having a full 360 degree view of my life and appreciation for it. For the first time, I didn't have my inner critic, inner critic, let's just call it what it is. For the first time, my ego wasn't jumping up and down and highlighting all the mistakes, the mishaps, all the missed things that had happened in my life. And I was actually able to see the full spectrum and understand that all of those things, all of those shades from the very light brights down to the darker, murkier colours made up this full picture and I have lots to contribute with the shadowy stuff and also the light stuff um, that could help me to live a life that I wanted to live or even start to explore the life that I want to live because I wouldn't allow myself before. I fully bought into this life, this lie that life is struggle and life is challenge and life is difficult and that my, the things I have in my life were directly a result of my output. And for me, when I was feeling, well, not for when I was feeling, literally from school age to 38 and a half, my thoughts were that I'm never doing enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not productive enough. And that therefore turned into a reality of never having enough. Um, and many women around me within my circle and outside of that were having similar experiences in different ways. Um, and it was almost as if um, some of us, definitely me, felt like turning 40 was going to be this magical, mythical land where life begins. Um, and then realising that actually we were scattered and needed to regroup and refocus and almost rebuild not discarding anything, just rebuilding what we have so that we are able to live a life on our own terms without all of these stories that we've inherited. And I thought really practically um, about the things that I need and thought about the things that other women needed to be able to access the support that's available to us, whether it's via therapy, personal development or whatever it is that we're looking at. And the thing that kept coming up time and time again was time whether you are a mother or not generally and the people that I'm speaking to definitely fit within this category you are at a point in your career where it's very busy you have a lot of responsibility and because we're so consumed with feeling like our worth is based on our output we just work we just give we just do, we juggle, but the juggle never includes us being anywhere a priority. Um, and we feel guilty. And I thought, well, if we weren't 
being so busy and we were more focused on being productive, what would we need to support that? So I sat and thought for a long time about things that I could offer that could help women to lean into the personal development and emotional support they were accessing to chip away at these limiting beliefs we have internalized throughout our lives. Yeah. Sorry, that was very long. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm just, I'm sitting here going, oh, I'm doing an interview because I'm just literally just absorbing it all because I'm here nodding away. If you could see me, you'd just be laughing because (laughs) I really, I I get so much of this because there's so many constructs that have been put up, these layers put up, layers we've built around ourselves from wanting to protect ourselves from shadow work because it's seen as something you just don't do. Don't look into the darkness, because if you look into the darkness, you'll never get out. But actually, there's so much to explore in there. There's so much richness, so much fertility in there, so much creativity in there. And it allows us to have this full 360 experience. And I think there's been a fear of it because... I guess it's a bit of a control thing, this pursuit of happiness, i.e., you know, it's a multi-billion pound industry, the pursuit of happiness. Buy this, you'll, you'll feel better. Wear this, you'll look better. If you've got this on the outside of your face, you'll feel great. You will have this lifestyle. And it's all bullshit because we it, that it, you can't buy anything that's going to make you do that what you can do is do that inspection of yourself and really come to that that space that you're talking about that time and that moment of pause and reflection of going yeah but what does this mean to me what does even happiness mean what does my reflection of my values mean what is it to be me in this world and actually what do I need not necessarily what the outside world tells me that I need I talk about shadow a lot because I do a movement practice called coil where we actually move the body with shadow and go into that sense of feeling of what it feels on the contrast of something because that's all that shadow is right it's a contrast to what the light is even though it's another form of light so there's so much to be gained from it if we try and run away from it then it's only gonna bite you on the ass effectively isn't it and an ego loves to live in there because it's like oh come on come down with me come and, and look at all your fears in here and actually all ego wants to do is be safe that's all it wants to do isn't it so having this space for women to be able to come into and go hang on it's okay for me to be held it's okay for me to reflect in this space it's okay for me to be vulnerable in this space it's okay for me to have time for myself it's so valuable and yet it's really tricky to get women there so how do you find how do you get to those women who might need that time for themselves how do you find them how do they find you I find that um and you know it's going to sound quite woo but I find that the energy attracts that energy so I was having a discussion about somebody um about my retreat and um I was explaining that it's not for somebody that has an enduring issue with mental ill health it's not for somebody who is not prepared to consider exploring the fullness of themselves my work, I suppose, is not I suppose, let me be affirmative. My work is for women who have been a bit curious, 
who have started to explore themselves and want to take the next step but are not sure how. So they are women who will say, I know that I'm not going to stop and pause and give myself a day where I can explore myself and support myself and be around other people that can do this for me. So I'm going to spend money investing in myself and go along and do this retreat. So there's an element of people being ready to take that step. Um, I do a lot of my, oh, well, the the vast majority of my communication is via podcasting and um, social media. And it's literally having conversations with women who aren't necessarily thinking about picking up, I don't know, a Marianne Williamson book, but want to have a place where they can start to explore how they're feeling, or women who are in their late 30s, 40s, who are still conscious about what they look like and what they wear, but are no longer satisfied by scrolling ASOS, for example, and want clothing that has a bit more meaning and a bit more of a story behind it and is timeless. So they will be able to wear them over and over again and in different settings. So yeah, it's almost as if the energy just puts its feelers out and draws people in who are on that wavelength anyway it absolutely does doesn't it when you put that intention out there I always feel like whenever I'm doing some work around something and I want to connect with the people who are out there I feel like it's these energy waves going out and there's a light bulb going on in somebody's heart and they're going I'm feeling a sense of something I'm not quite sure where it is and then they might go on to social media and go oh god I've, I've just come across you and I've just read this post and it's what I most needed because you do energy does do that doesn't it it kind of goes out it tracks its right vibration and it brings it back in again and the women of our age of of this age group are so grossly underserved mm. that we are actively seeking something um because it's almost like if you're not millennial and below and you're not elderly this beautiful midsection is forgotten about because we just chug along and get on with it but actually we don't want to chug along and get on with it anymore a friend of mine posted something on um instagram today about being over being okay and i was like heck yes or hell yeah we i don't want to be okay i want to thrive i actually want to build the life of my dreams now that i know that i'm able to build the life of my dreams that i don't have to suck it up but we're not being catered for in any real meaningful way. Um, And I really wanted to consciously contribute to being of service to women who are in their late 30s and 40s and women who feel like they are not represented because they don't fit a particular status quo. So within wellness spaces, tendency is to see people who are young, slim, able-bodied European, and there's a huge swathe, well, forget the huge swathe, all human beings need wellness. And I think that it's really important for those conversations to be had and us not shy away from conversations, whether it's about perimenopause, menopause, or whether it's about the fact that 
a black woman who was quite curvy went to a yoga studio and the yoga instructor wasn't able to assist her with certain poses because she's not used to working with women who have a tiny waist and a really big bum. There's so much in that, isn't there? Because they're really, what I'm getting a feel for there is what you're talking about is there's just a huge loss of identity around this whole dynamic of women for many, 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 many reasons. And this, it's interesting, I was talking to a friend of mine about this mid-age the other day, because it is weird, you kind of come out of your teens and your 20s, and then you become, you know, either your career or you're a parent, or you become something else to other people. And it's so much of identity is lost, isn't it, in this in this time? And therefore it's an, oh, it's okay because when women get to a certain age, then there's the menopause and that. So it, it feels like there's this pull between and it's a liminal space when actually it doesn't have to be a liminal space. It can be very much celebrated and feeling into that value and feeling into the value of, of who you are. I'm, I mean, that story about the yoga studio, I mean, it's really jarring. I think that that situation can apply to many situations. So, yes, it's about us showing up and showing out and being bold and um, being vulnerable and putting ourselves in those positions. And I'm seeing many more women of all descriptions beginning to access yoga teacher training, for example. And it's also really important for us to make sure that we are standing up and we're putting our hands up and we are accessing opportunities because one of the things that I have struggled with, our generations have changed a lot very swiftly and the inter- the internet has a lot to do with that. And when I think about my mother and my aunts when they were 40, their 40 looked very different to the way my 40 and my friend's 40 presents as. And There are no, what I know for sure from my mother's age group and thinking about me, there were no real conversations about our journey through life. Everything was quite secretive. Conversations were very limited and it was very much about parking things away so that you could continue. So I remember overhearing conversations with mum and her friends and my aunts and stuff about things like the menopause, but it was always about suppressing symptoms so that they could continue. There was no real sharing of information and understanding the impact of those changes on our bodies and the things that we could do to support ourselves rather than suppress ourselves. Equally, um, I look at things like all these things where people say, it happens to me all the time. Oh my goodness, you don't look like you're 41. Do we actually know what a 41 year old looks like? Do we actually know what life looks like for people who are beyond 35 and under, you know, 70? We don't because we are groomed to suppress and be on this everlasting quest for youthful looks as opposed to youthfulness. And we miss a lot. And it means that we then count ourselves out because we think it's not for us when actually it is for us and we're the role models. So we definitely do need to be accessing these things and putting ourselves forward. Uh, just that whole thing about suppression rather than celebration. I, really, I feel that because, you know, I think back to the conversations or lack of conversations that I had with my mum and it was everything about a female 
you know, whether it was menstruation, whether it was menopause, was shameful. Or not necessarily is a bad thing, you just don't talk about it. It's not something to talk about. But actually, that does a disservice to our generation and it does a disservice to the generation that's coming in because now we can talk about it and then it's much more open ground to be able to speak to young whether it's um you know speaking to your daughters your cousins your even your sons and in and, and the the, um, the masculine as well is just opening up the conversation going this is just a celebration of being human this is just what it's all about and actually opening these dialogues and being much more aware and in these spaces of every single facet of being human, whether it's your bodily function through to diversity, through to different cultural aspects of everything, you know, the celebration rather than the suppression is something that really needs to be dialed up, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about that because it's for listeners, you know, it, a lot of the listeners will be on this journey and I love that because we put this energy call out and they're coming along and we get, I get such amazing comments about the different guests and my episodes that I do in between going, I really needed to hear this or this, the conversations that we want to be listening to. How does it work in a day to day when there's still somebody out there who may be giving all of their value away to other people rather than tuning into their own value? And you talked earlier about the guilt factor how does this work of owning our full selves or where would somebody even start if they needed to, but they're putting it off because they do feel they can't do it for looking after everybody else? Oh, that's a big one. I would say that slowing down is the best thing we can do for ourselves. So when I first started 360, I'd had a beautiful podcast conversation with um, a uh, coach, Jessica Rogers, and she we were talking about journaling. Oh, gosh. OK, there we go. Journaling. So we were talking about journaling and I love journaling. For me, that has been the most powerful tool for self-exploration calling myself out on my bullshit and also seeing my strengths. And it went from a place that was a cathartic zone to being a place where I was able to dream on paper and bring those dreams to life. Mm. But we did the journaling challenge and there were, it was so you, you journal for four minutes a day and women were saying to me that they didn't have four minutes. I have to pause because nobody that said that is running a massive corporation and even people that run massive corporations say they carve out time for their well their wellness and their well-being because it has a direct impact on their business and their growth and their lives and all of that that just goes to show how we can trick ourselves into believing that we don't even have four minutes when and I'm not saying this as judgment I'm not saying this because I'm wagging my finger and telling anybody else when I slowed down and thought about the amount of time I spend on social media distracting myself from myself I realized that I do have time if I created the time. So I looked at my day and I really studied my patterns of behavior. I didn't do anything about it for a long time, but I knew that I had time to journal. So I started to use my journal all the time. I would use my journal to deconstruct 
something that I had difficulty with that day. So somebody had said something that had um, triggered me in some way or had made me think back to something else that had happened in a similar way. I would journal about it um, if something really brilliant happened, because I also fell into this trap of being really frightened. And I will use the word frightened to celebrate my success because I didn't feel like I was deserving of that success. And I took it to my journal and I would write and write and write and I wouldn't review anything until randomly I decided to go back and look into it. And then I started to establish patterns and I was able to own some stuff. And through reading the book about your shadow self and reading further online articles about shadow work, I was able to own the fact that my judgment my procrastination, my keenness to advise and support people were all tools of distracting myself from doing the things that I really needed to do. So I cannot recommend enough the power of journaling. That is my go-to. Love that. And I love that that came from Jess Rogers because I absolutely adore that woman as well isn't she amazing is and um (laughs) so much of that is about awareness isn't it and I think a lot of the time what I get the impression of is like you were saying the distraction if we're distracted and we're busy then it means that we don't have to do the work and sometimes it's a bit like you know going to the gym and going do you know what tonight I'm not going to be bothered to do it because I don't know, you know, for whatever reason, you you use an excuse not to look after your physical health. And so sometimes this distraction from really doing the work and doing that introspection and celebrating every single part of the self and then moving through those layers and taking that time, it's just putting it off. It just means, oh, I haven't got to do it, you know. And so it is another distraction from getting healthier with all parts of ourselves because it's not bloody easy let's say it's not easy but if you can give yourself the opportunity to have a day like you're you know like we're talking about um coming to say the everyday joy retreat or I put you know I put on day events and I put on weekend retreats myself giving yourself that honor to go I'm just gonna be where I'm at for a weekend and and having a place to pause and slow down because this is the thing you go to a yoga class well the most fundamental part of a yoga class is the savasana at the end because it's when everything gets integrated it's when everything gets settled into the body it's not you know it's as much as the doing itself so the pausing and the slowing down and that tuning in is as important as the being on, as the doing, as the in the hustle. Let's talk about everyday joy, please, my lovely, because this is, I'm like, yeah, I'm all <laughs> over the everyday joy, because we do live in a world where, you know, there is this supposed attainment of happiness, and I think it's absolute bullshit. I think happiness is a state rather than, you know, a place to try and transcend to. So talk about everyday joy everyday joy are those little things that happen throughout the day that tell you you are living rather than existing and for me it is about taking time to notice those things so I can run around all day long and not take note 
of the beautiful things that are happening all around me and then tell you that the day was shit when actually it wasn't. Oh my God, I hear you on this. It's like having all of these pockets of absolute joy coming your way and just going, no, no, can't see it. No, exactly. not happening to me. God, I've just got a shit life. It's just, everything is tough. You know, and yeah, so you'll get more of that. Brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's literally things like um, when you're walking to the shops or whatever, look up. Don't look at your screen. Don't look at the pavement. Look up. Sometimes clouds moving moving through the sky can be a meditative experience if you are just mindfully looking at those clouds moving and appreciating the natural beauty. Sometimes it's something... I, I have a blessings jar on my work desk because I'm the best at telling you I haven't done anything this year um my friend Nicola Ray Wickham had a post on Instagram where she said remember when you wanted everything you have now my instinctual response was I haven't got anything I wanted that was the instinctual response and then I thought about it I even journaled on it and I thought about the emotional growth that I've experienced and then I had to come to my blessings jar because I have to write down the things that have happened not just as a reminder of what I've done but also the work that I put in to be able to do those things um, and, and those things are everyday joy actually slowing down and listening properly to a joke that my daughter is telling me yes the joke is rubbish yes I'm not interested but watching those pupils dilate and that face crack into a smile and seeing the baby face that once was that is everyday joy. Even things like when I wake up and there's a crack in the curtain and I can see that it's a sunny day, that tells me that my reality is everything will always be the minimum of okay. Yeah. And if I'm starting from a point where my minimum is okay, I can contact the contact, I can conquer the goddamn world and I can not have that deepest fear that I'm powerful beyond measure. I can celebrate the fact that I'm powerful beyond measure, but it does take work and it does take making sure you are doing it, particularly on the days when you don't feel like doing it. And I think it's so very, very important because as human beings, we're hardwired for fear. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an, it's an protection. Um, it's, a, it's protection. It's something that happened as, as part of evolution. And I went to see Ruby Wax doing her um, tour with a Tibetan monk and a neuroscientist about how to be human. And she very rightly said that we are Teflon for the good stuff and Velcro for the shit. Like that, you know, so those moments of everyday joy are allowing the the positive side of things, that moment of a mindful experience to come into the everyday, to intersperse, to go, do you know what, even when times are tough, there's always going to be something that is easily accessible to me that will help me whenever I need it. I mean, I, you know, I really... I, I know what you're talking about with the looking up from an NLP point of view. It's very, 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 very good for us in terms of getting us out of our inner dialogue. Um, I, I was walking back before we were doing the interview today and I've been so head into work. Like you, you say, don't you? I'm eyes down. I'm, I'm in it. And I walked back and um, normally I'd get in a car, but I walked and I looked up 
and there were two butterflies just dancing around above my head. Look at that. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. Well, one, I thought, that's my mum and dad. Nice. Thanks for that little reminder there. And they were just dancing around with each other. And then I was like, just looking up, exactly as you're talking about, looking up at the sky. And it just, again, it was a pause and reflection and, and a bit of space to be able to stand back and get a perspective on a day, which would normally be like, crazy busy and go it's all right isn't it got a good health check here can come back yeah and and I just love that and like you're saying those moments of presence of being able to see joy in somebody else's face as well by having a human interaction we just we when we're endlessly scrolling you just don't get that do you because you're so in your inner dialogue of why don't I have that or why am I not doing this or they've got more than I have I mean I know that you've got Lucy my darling Lucy coming to your um day retreat in February haven't you so so bloody excited about that but before I do my Lucy love fangirl bit (laughs) the other thing that I have discovered since really seeking out everyday joy really seeking out things that tell me abundance is all around me. When I make a mistake or when something doesn't go to plan, I genuinely do not get stuck in it anymore. So I've had all kinds of things going on with candles that um, I'm developing, all sorts of things going on with fabric for manufacturing. And I no longer feel compelled to stop there. I'm literally like, okay, where's the lesson? there's the lesson let me make sure I apply it moving forward so constantly seeking joy doesn't mean that I'm ignoring stuff I'm really not about toxic positivity I'm really not about I've got everything positive everything's positive some things are shit but as I've said probably about five times in the last two weeks shit is fertilizer as long as you don't stay there so I'm looking for those learnings and I'm, I'm I'm moving on because I know that I have my everyday joy all the time all around me well it's constant resilience isn't it and that's what it's building it's not just a nice to have it's an absolute fundamental thing to have because if you're trapped if you get your foot like literally dragged down into that constant spiral of nothing works for me life is hard it's a struggle when there is so much accessibility to break through that bullshit and opening available to you and something so freaking simple then it does teach you ultimate resilience. You can look up at the sky or look at the patterns on something and go, oh, there's another way of doing things. There's a, you know, it, creative solutions are in the sky as well. So there's so much there, everyday joy. So you've got the everyday joy day retreat coming up. Can you tell us a bit more? So there's one in November and one in February. The November one might have gone by the time this has gone out. No, it was in September. Oh, it was in September, forgive me. Yeah, so that's that's gone. Yeah, that was the first one. Amazing. And yeah, oh, it was such a fantastic day. I knew that it was going to be a good day because I am that person that invites people around. I'm a feeder. I like people to feel comfy and cozy in my space. And somehow everything that I do feels very homely. The purpose of the day is a day where we are able to cater for the the people that I collaborate with and myself are able to cater for mind, body and spirit. My observation was that there were 
there are many retreats out there and I'm not saying by any means that I'm the only one but I was finding that it was one or the other and I wanted to create something that really embodied my connection with wholeness and with everyday joy and holding space for women to engage in practices that would assist them to explore what's driving them in a supportive environment with other women because one of the things that shone through really brightly for me is that we all have similar issues dressed up in different attire and it was very helpful and impactful for women to share vulnerabilities and know that that those vulnerabilities were more common than they had imagined so it's not that they were quote unquote wrong or that they were doing something that they shouldn't be doing or whatever, but these are part and parcel of the human condition and we can develop tools that assist us to navigate through those things. So whether that is with mindful movement in your body, with um, Pilates or yoga, or with a workshop that really gives you an opportunity to look at your emotional drivers with a good dose of spirituality in there. I wanted to make sure that I was able to hold a full whole space for women and also make sure that that was um, present within the food. So I'm not vegan, but I really like wholesome, filling, nutritious food. So I knew that straight away I was going to contact Danae of the V-Spot to be able to do that. And I know a friend of mine was saying, you know, that's all part and parcel of being 40. I even knew things like I wanted women to sit down at a table together eating food from proper plates, cutlery, crockery. I wanted women drinking out of glass or ceramic or something. I just wanted to... I wanted to, I want to hold a space that says to women, I am holding this space for you. You are safe. I am thinking about all those little things so that you can focus on the big things that are related to you, but you don't give yourself the opportunity to pretty much 364 days of the year. That is so gorgeous. So, so, so gorgeous. And, And that care really does I love the fact that because you know obviously creating these experiences myself is that I'm with you on that you want to create the right experiences so people just don't even have to it's the simplicity of the detail which means that they can focus on themselves and the bigger things and come together in community and share and amazing where can people find out about it I think I'm booking on anyway but where, <laughs> where can people find out about it um you can find out about it on my website um which is all the w's live 360 alpha not numeric um dot com um or via my instagram handle which is at live 360 and again it's all letters no digits Okay, cool. So I will put the links up to this on the podcast page as well. Thank you so much for joining us. I've just before we go, Mm -hmm. there's something that I always like to ask the guests. And it's three of your top self care tips, please. My absolute number one is journaling. That is my absolute go to. Um, And to try and use it as a place of dreaming, not just catharsis. 
my second self-care tip would be to create a morning routine that isn't taxing. So I literally do the yoga cat-cow pose um, over and over. And whilst I'm doing that, um, I repeat to myself, today I will be my own best friend because my ego wouldn't speak to my best friend the way it speaks to me. Um, a lot of the time. And the third one would be to visualize. Visualizing, which is basically daydreaming, has been so potent for me. I can't recommend it highly enough. I love a good visualization. I do this um, lovely meditation called the ideal day where you can visualize where you want to be, you know, just allowing your spirit to soar. And actually what it does is it brings it right into the present moment because you start living it already and you start seeing the joy around you of what you've created in that visualization. Okay, those are great tips. Thank you. And then finally, what would be the song that represents this idea of owning our full selves 360? What kind of song makes you feel alive in this sense? (laughs) I'm laughing because... But it's, it's one end of the spectrum or the other. So when I need my 360 to feel like, yeah, my go-to is LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> that oh, is my power. go-to. And very recently, my friend Leah, um, she introduced, I, I knew the song, but I didn't know the power of this song. So my go-to when I need my everyday joy, wholeness to be, yeah, is um, Luciano Pavarotti, Lesson Dorma. Oh, that's a powerful one as well. Oh my Both on very different right. spectrums, yeah. but yeah, I'm getting the resonance of both mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, my darling, well, thank you so much for coming thank on you. to the Practical Magic Podcast. I know our listeners are gonna be lapping up everything that we've talked about today. And once again, Thank you to Tamu. You are an absolute joy and thank you for all you bring to the world. Thank you so much. And may I just, I'm not doing that thing where we rebut a compliment with another compliment, but when you popped up on Instagram, somebody said something about you. I was like, oh my goodness, that is my person. And I really, really do feel your intention with everything that you share. Oh, Oh, you're magical. Yes, you are. You're magical. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to listen to the conversation with myself and the wonderful Tamu from 360. I'm going to put all of the links to Tamu's website and her social media accounts on the podcast page so you can access her gorgeous wisdom and her brand right there. And it just leaves me to share with you some things are coming up. So I've got the new online classroom, which is taking place, the Activate Your Magic online classroom, taking place on Wednesday, the 27th of February. And it is all about the seven pillars of self-love because here we are, we're going to be in the month of February, the month of love, but actually really love has to start with us. So come on over and join me for a monthly online classroom, whether you can join live or whether you watch it on catch up, there's something for you there. You can just go to my website, katetaylor.co and you'll get a direct link to the page there. And also 
to keep your eyes and ears peeled for the launch of something really rather special next Tuesday. So I'm going to be launching, finally launching The Awakening, which is the event that I'm putting on on the Isle of Wight, where I'm bringing together so many wonderful practitioners and therapists in one place that we're going to really get into nurture, wellness and self-care, really loving putting that oxygen mask on and taking a deep dive into reigniting the home fires. You can express your interest on the website holding page, which is awakeningfestival.co.uk. And from Tuesday, everything's going to be live for you to get tickets. This is a really intimate affair. It's only going to be around 150 people. So please do be quick because we've got some amazing people lined up and I just know you're going to want to share this experience. So that just leaves me to say thank you so much again for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and I will be back next week with some more Practical Magic.